in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it there. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. Maybe. All right. Welcome in, I think, everybody. To the Mike Rutherford Show. Happy Wednesday, April 12th to you. We are in the OG studios uh, here in Jeffersonville, Indiana, the remote University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to see what the UofL College of Business can do for you. Uh, we're on the air today from 450. He got us on the air. Thank you, Business College Business of uh, Louisville, UofL. Until I think we had to get off early anyway today, which is just perfect timing. <laughs> so about 540. Uh, here on 1450 AM, 961 FM, streaming, I think, everywhere, all over the land. You know what's better is the Big X. Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey and TK. What the hell happened? Why are we on the air here about two hours late? I don't. All I caught, because we had Glenn come in, yeah, and thank God, fix fix everything. All I know is like you typically, like you know what the problem is. Sometimes there's just only so much you can do. A lot of times it's because. You know, we're at the, the Taylorsville Road studio, and you've got to be back here at the home base, and you, you come out. But, like, today it just sounded like this was a – again, I don't, I don't know how any of this stuff works, but this – I could tell that this was a bigger problem than usual. Yeah, I, I knew what the issue was, much like, you know, I, I know a lot of issues. Like, I know why I have health issues, but yet I – unlike like the other issues I haven't fixed, I couldn't get this fixed either on my own. Uh, the computer that basically – Puts us on the air, allows me to like to, to, to fire off our breaks, to you know, to, to whether we have to go on a live show or a national show or you know do whatever. Like I couldn't get into that computer. It was the monitor was gone. It the monitor had gone kaput. I couldn't get logged in remotely. Like so, if we'd been at Taylorsville, I would I would have just had to driven up here, and you would have been at Taylorsville. I'd have been here, and I'd have been just doing the same thing we were doing while you know I had to wait for Glenn to come and. And you and do his use his smarts that are well beyond mine. So nothing would have changed. Really. No, nothing would have changed. We just had to. And he, of course, he had to come from. He was over in Louisville. When there's traffic right now on the highway for some. I mean, it seems like there's constant traffic. The last two days have been bad. Can, can I tell you the best part about what's happened over the last two hours? At least for me, is you know because you you're having your freak out. You're like I'm gonna go outside and smoke. Like you're you're, you're not handling this well. I, I have Douglas a tendency can't... of cursing very very much too. You when do. I, I get frustrated. Yes, you do. Um, not, not Douglas. Who is the guy who usually fit? Calvin. Calvin, we, we can't get a hold of him. Yeah. So we're trying to – and then Glenn comes in. And Glenn's like, he, you know, he's scrambling. He's fixing what he can. And then he has a phone call in the middle of all this. <laughs> and he's talking about he has raccoons who have raccoons. And he's like, I know there's some children up there. They've had some raccoon babies. He's trying to get these raccoons out of his – I'm like, God love my man. He's fixing our problems. He's getting us on the air after all this just disaster. And he's, meanwhile, he's trying to handle raccoons being in his attic back at home at the same time. Uh, I was just like – we got raccoons in the attics here. We, what was everything's happening? Our pets' heads are falling off. It felt it was just a all is lost moment here. But we are. I, I, I was very nervous because not only could we not get us on the air, if I could not have gotten Glenn fixed the issue that I was having, I wouldn't have been able to get the bats on the air, which come on at six oh five tonight. You were far more concerned about the bats than our own show. No, don't, don't let's just say it. Don't you, make you that were, personal. Yeah, you were very much like, "Will we go?" Man, I have the bats on. I was like, "Oh God, God love the." We fall over ourselves to get Nick Kern on the air, but yet like five times a month, I'm I'm sitting here. This never happens to KRC. Well, it's why I choose to blame Scoots for all of this. <laughs> I, I thought well, I thought it was t- we were going to blame TJ. 
I'm. I mean, I, at first I thought it was. T- this is beyond TJ's level of uh, of ability when this it comes to technical. Scoots side. was the last one who would have been here using it during the uh, the Spear show. That's what I'm saying. And also, yeah. Scoots. I don't. I mean, I don't know if he felt like I didn't let him talk enough last week, or if he wanted to get to some stuff that he just he disagreed with me, but he you know didn't want to bring it up on air. This is his way of of getting back at us. But this is clearly. I, I feel like this is Scoots targeting the show directly. And it's not the first time he's done it. No, I, th- I think you might be right. I think he's somewhere. He he's just like. He's twiddling his fingers like, good, good. I mean, we're also at the studio where, look, they, they ripped down your Eagles banner. They defaced our UofL basketball poster. They took my Card Chronicle business card and threw it on the ground. We're just, we're not treated well here. Someone took the, the picture, someone took TJ's face that used to stare at me in this window. They took it, and now it's been replaced by a, what looks like a Christmas ornament of a USA soccer player. We're being disrespected. <laughs> Right and left, and I'm, the bullying, frankly, the bullying culture that goes on within the Big X is just—it's it, getting out of hand. It is, and this is the—this is how what led us to this point here, where we're going to do like a forty-five minute show on a, on a, on a Wednesday. <laughs> this is the result. I hate it. I don't know what's going on. We got—we need to we fix it. We spent the whole time talking about AEW tonight. They're in Milwaukee. Why not? At this point, <laughs> who cares? Uh, we did, I mean, I actually I had a list of stuff to talk about. Today. You had stuff to talk about? Okay. We had, we had stuff. We had a list we could get into, a, a lot of it being some transfer portal stuff. We got an update on the McKenzie and Baco front. Uh, we had another transfer portal uh, prospect commit somewhere else. We've got an old friend returning back to the city of Louisville in a sports media capacity. Like I almost got him on the show today, and instead, like, thank God I didn't because – God knows it wouldn't have worked, but now here we are. It's just it's a it's been a it's disastrous afternoon, and we're over here in Southern Indiana. I paid to come here to work today. I know you and me both. Yeah, I mean, I'm just it's not. I went to I went to actually renew my tags the other day, and they were like, I guess because I haven't gotten the mail yet, but they're like, we can't renew your tags. You owe you owe toll bill. Toll, yeah, I've got to pay some tolls too. And yeah. I'm like, I don't even have a I don't have one open right now. Like I'm, I guess it's in the mail coming to me, and they won't let me do my tags, which. I need to get done before the end of the month until I pay, I guess, all my toll booth. Yeah, I've got to re- – we're, we were late on our tags. Like, I've got to do that. I've got – yeah. No, there's, there's one thing I never want to do. You, you never want to have expired tags in my car. Well, I can – yeah, I believe that. You know what? <laughs> well, we, like to, we, we like to call it being illegal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I did appreciate – never, never break the law when you're breaking the law. Yeah, the, the text <laughs> line was blowing up about uh, – Obviously, us not being on the air. I did love the one guy who was like, "All right, I listened to Dead Air for forty-five minutes. Now I've got to call it quits." Like, God love that guy for hanging in for almost an hour. Some people were like, "My this white noise put my kids to sleep." I'm like, "You're you're welcome." I did send some. I did send some text back to let people know. You know, just we we, we were we were working on it. We, yeah. we were getting on. I, I felt bad because people were blowing up. One one buddy of mine thought I was still sleeping. I might make sure I'd woken up. I love how when Patrick called and was like, "You know, you're supposed to be on the air." Uh, yeah, like, you, really? <laughs> thanks, Patrick. He's always looking out for us. We should say right off the bat before I forget, uh, it is it is intern Jenna's birthday. Oh, it is. Our old intern from last summer. She said, "Give me a shout out on the air." And of course, we you know we can't get on the air for like two hours, which is perfect a perfect way to wish you a happy birthday. But I've got shout I've, to intern Jenna. Happy birthday to you. I got. The, she, there's uh, no way she's listening. I've got the, the the plastic straw she gave me right here. There you go. That's not my travel st- straw that you didn't get because you weren't here that day. I did. She brought one, but then I already had one. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. She. The, how'd, how'd you know it was her birthday? She she reached out to you. She did. Uh, I was say if, it, if I'm not friends with her on Facebook, I don't know if it's your birthday or not. There's a zero point zero zero. Three percent chance that she's listening, but but happy birthday to her. We have people already. We got people already applying to be interns this summer. Oh, wow, people reject. This happens around. We should this, hire more because we're going to lose a few of them right away. Yeah, every year around this time, people will reach out, or sometimes it'll be like a school. Pro, they're like, I'm a college student at so and so. Part of this, and, and they're like, Can I shadow you for a few days, or can I? Do you need an intern? And I'm like, Buddy, you, you don't want to do this. Like, there's <laughs> shadowing me is me sitting around in my basement, like working and also taking care of my kids for like the for eighty percent of the day. Then coming in here and doing radio for for three hours. Like, there's not a whole lot for you to do. But there was a, a Sam. I, I will reach back out to you. That he wants to be an intern at the radio station. Basically, anything he can do. Uh, he's like been a big follower for years, all this stuff. So maybe I mean, but you gotta understand, it's not gonna be a glamorous lifestyle. It's, I had it's uh, not, I don't know if you really want this internship. Yeah, I've had multiple. I've had multiple interns. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, he he works on another station. Uh, my man Jack Grossman. 
I'm big, uh, who, who started interning us when he was like a junior in high school. You do bring him up about 17 times a week. He's my favorite intern. Yeah, clearly. Jack's a great kid, dude. If you, don't, if you don't like Jack, then we can't be friends. I love Jack. I hear about him every single day on the show. <laughs> I only text you like twice a day about him. So, But he, uh, when he first started interning here, like he was he's still in high school. He was at Manual. And I had to like fill out the sheet like for his high school class. I'm like, I'm the most unprofessional person to do this. I'm like, what am I supposed to like write on here? I don't know. Yeah. We, you know, we, we, we don't set a good standard here, but um, maybe we'll have some interns. I mean, Patrick loves it here. That's, that's, he does. He's the only intern we need. Jenna we'll, loved it. Yeah, I don't know if she did. That's okay. Maybe, <laughs> we'll, maybe we'll get some more this summer. Uh, we've got, uh, we had the one kid that, that we thought quit but actually went to KRC. Maybe he's been sabotaging this whole time. Yeah, the, the text line asked, uh, you know, does this ever happen to KRC? I don't think so. Every time I turn on KRC, there's no technical difficulties in the morning. It's just us. We're the only show that deals with this, and we deal with it frequently. That's why I'm saying we're being targeted, bullies. I do think, I mean, I wonder how much, I wonder if it's, is this is actually a Spears thing because he's still mad you can't get his name right. I know his name now. It's John. Yeah, but you called him James for like a year. For like the first three weeks I was here. No, you, you even saw him at the party. You're like, hey, James. We're like, well, you know I didn't go to the party. <laughs> That's true. Now you know Come I'm on. lying. <laughs> you know how so many social Nobody <laughs> believed that. Uh, yeah, I did it a couple of times at the beginning. I, did, I, I, I couldn't forget. It was one of those I just I got it in my mind that it was James, and I apologize. I'm sorry. But now I know. I've listened to his broadcast of Sanex. He's great what he does. Uh, I, I know Matt Dennison. I flip on the Hoosier Report sometimes when I'm picking up uh, the kids from school. Like I, we, I don't deserve the, we, we don't deserve this targeted bullying. And I, I kind of think it maybe. I mean, Roush is an admitted pro bully guy. But yeah, but so am I. This may be him. I well, should retaliate then. I mean, yeah, we, I, I'm, I've been waiting. I mean, no no one gives me a wedgie without me sending them up the flagpole in their underwear. It's about time for you to start doing something, for you to start repping the show. I mean, do I need to go buy a locker just so I can shove scoots into it? Yeah, I mean, I, I wish. Yeah, it's time. Um, so we, no cares he doesn't have these issues because they have capable hosts and producers on their show. The capable host, like I can't, I cannot do anything to fix this. I, I don't, I don't do the technical stuff. I show up, I do the show. I cannot fix any of you this. You are stuff. pure talent. Pure talent. You are the pure the epitome of like when people complain and, and bitch and moan about like the talent. I'm not bitching, moaning about you, but you are under that radar. You're like, you're just gonna walk in. You just want to sit down. You're gonna entertain us. You're gonna give us topics. You're gonna tell me what words I pronounced wrong, and you're gonna tell me, give me ethical uh, advice like we did dirt before we came on the air. And, you know, that, that's what you do. Now, if we were doing a remote show, I can get you hooked up with the Comrex. Because I used to do that by myself at, at both the other stations. I can, do, I can do that. We didn't, need, we didn't need producers or technicians for that. I was able to. They taught me that. I learned that. But as far as, like, the home base, I can't. No, I can do nothing. You do do more for me on a remote than any talent I've, I've ever worked with. Well, that's, they, they taught me. Like, I, I can't learn this stuff if nobody teaches me. So like, When we go on remote with KRC... We would be finished up, and I know TJ would always be like, can I help you with anything? And he'd always say it as he was like, just continuing walking out the door. Like, I, would, I wouldn't even the last word. He'd be like, can I help you? All right, bye. That's... Like, and, but I, I, you've never asked. You've always just started volunteering, like, helping me unhook stuff. I'm like, I'm like amazed. It, it floors me every time. Well, yeah, because I used to do it myself. Like, yeah. that, was, that was what I could do. But as far as, like, the home base, no, I can't. I can't do any of that stuff. Well, I mean, don't worry. I, neither can I hardly. That's well, that's, <laughs> and that, therein lies some of the problem. TJ then texted in immediately, Capable host is right. Get, get your bleep together, Michael. <laughs> I can't do any of it. No, I, I can't do that stuff. But I, I show up. I'm here to do the show. Uh, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Let's, uh, since we have a limited amount of time, let's get right into the, the big topic of the day. <laughs> I feel str- so strange just sitting here for an hour and a half now. Let's let's talk sports. Oh, we were just yeah. We, you we were you were going through reels. I was outside just chain smoking cigarettes. You were and waiting on the waiting on the help. Let's give an update on the McKenzie and Baco front. If if you missed yesterday's show, it is the I think it's still the big topic in Louisville circles as far as the men's basketball program is concerned. Uh, the number seven overall player in the class, according to multiple scouting services, five star big man. I shouldn't say big man, a versatile power forward. He can handle it, he can shoot it, he can score it. He is a fantastic talent who uh, asked out of his letter of intent to Duke yesterday because the Blue Devils got the good news that Kyle Filipowski, the reigning ACC freshman of the year, was going to come back for another season. And there's been a lot of chatter. Mackenzie Mbako, his primary recruiter at Duke, was Nolan Smith, who now is at Louisville. And there's a lot of talk about, hey, his his top two options seem to be going to Louisville or starting his pro career early. And there was a Travis Branham, who, who covers uh, recruiting, 
was doing a show on 24-7 Sports and was talking about McKenzie and Baco, and he talked about his options and listed them in order. And you have the clip. Can we go ahead and play that bad boy? Yeah, I got it. Uh, one second. Branham's going to talk about uh, the likelihood, or, or you know, however you want to phrase it, of him winding up becoming a Louisville Cardinal. And it's, look, he's a guy that we've put stock in before. His DJ Wagner faith may have not been the, the best. He was a little bit up and down. But here's hoping he knows a little bit more about what's going on with McKenzie and Baco. Here's, here's Branham talking earlier today. Uh, his phone is ringing by uh, every single school's reaching out to him, essentially. Uh, but the schools that I've been hearing in particular, or the options, I should say, that I've been hearing in particular, one, Louisville. Uh, they have Nolan Smith on staff. There's a previous connection there, uh, obviously, being a, a former Duke assistant, being a part of that initial recruiting process for Mbako. If you were, we all go back, Mbako was one of the first kids to come off the board in this 2023 class. Uh, so there's a connection there, and there's also a big need and an opportunity for Louisville to continue making splashes on the recruiting trail. So don't uh, sleep on them when it comes to them making a very, very strong push on getting McKenzie and Baco. Uh, so Brandon, after that, he goes on to talk about the other top uh, three options, which he lists as uh, going professional ranks. And then the third option is he expects North Carolina to make a strong push for him, which is understandable. But no, he, they got Withers. They don't need him. He lists. <laughs> that's the pitch, right? I mean, yeah. You play the same spot. You're, you're a 6'8 guy who can shoot. Pretty much, yeah. I mean. But we are, according to Branham, the number one option as it stands right now for him to come. The most likely landing spot for McKenzie Mbako is Louisville. And I said this yesterday. I mean, this is the type of guy I know that people have, myself included, have their doubts about where U of L men's basketball is going. It's hard to shake the the memories, the recent memories of winning just four games last season. But if you're looking to get excited about something, Mackenzie Mbako is somebody to get excited about. He is. I think the other freshmen that we're bringing in are, are have the the chance to be great college players. I think some of them have a chance to be uh, good pros. Mackenzie Mbako is that type of one and done talent elite level one and done talent who can absolutely change your program as a true freshman that Louisville has not had rarely if, if ever in the last 20 years or so he is a guy that you should absolutely be pumped about if we get and it sounds like we're in a a decent spot now you do kind of run the risk if you're Kenny Payne and company now of of getting the fan base's hopes up about this He's the new shiny toy that's out there. He's the bright, you know, the Christmas present that we're all asking Santa for. And if you wake up on Christmas morning and he's not there, uh, you, all of a sudden you, you you become a little bit disappointed. But I'm excited about this. Let's hope it happens. I, I, he would be a huge, huge piece for next season. He, he doesn't complete your roster. Yes, we still need guards. Yes, I think we still need transfer portal guards that have played at a high level for, for multiple seasons at the college level. But he's a big deal if Louisville's able to land him. I mean, I, I can't. Kenny, I mean, he, our hopes have been up since the day we hired Kenny. So, I mean, you might as well just not worry about that if you're him or this coaching staff. I mean, our, our hopes are, have been up and somewhat been dashed and are going to get up every time, I mean, we hear a name. So, th- that's inevitable. I mean, th- if anything, this would do – would be – I mean, I know that he's gotten the least amount of heat of all the assistants, that being Nolan Smith. But, I mean, this would be – I mean, yeah, you, 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 you can look at this and go, hey, this is why we brought him in. You know, I mean, right now – I mean, we supposedly brought Danny Manning in for X's nose, and that sure as hell didn't work. Uh, I mean, we still don't know what, you know, Jamison's role is other than just to remind, Ken, you know, Kenny about his Oregon days. So, I mean, Nolan was the recruiting thing. And this was, I mean, when we hired, when he came on the staff, you, you mentioned it already. That was one of the big things we talked about. You know, his Duke, the Duke ties he had to the, the Duke recruits, he, you know, he was working with before he came to us. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for. That was the point of hiring him, right? And it's this a, is what we need. It's a good point because Nolan Smith, I mean, he, we were, out of all the, the off-the-court pieces of news that we've had since Kenny Payne got hired, the excitement level that came when we uh, got Nolan Smith from Duke was about as high as anything that's happened in the, in the last 13 months. Yeah. Because there was this, this promise of, look, he's a young guy, he won a national title just over a decade ago, he can relate to these players, he knows recruiting well, uh, there were high hopes for him to be a big-time coach at Duke, he's potentially going to bring some of this top-tier talent that, that is locked into to the Blue Devils with us, and then just kind of nothing happened. And, and really, all we've sort of heard from Nolan Smith has been, like I mean, controversy about his tweets. Like, that's kind of been... He went to Europe to watch DJ Wagner? He went to Spain. Yeah, he went to Spain. I mean, he was the one we sent in. out there, and that obviously didn't work out too well. And now this is, if he's able to land Mbako, if he's able to be... And look, if Mackenzie Mbako comes here, 
clearly Kenny Payne has something to do with it, but he's primarily coming here because of his pre-existing relationship with Nolan. Mm-hmm. Like, this will be the first kind of, like, hey, see, like, this is why you've got him here. This is why he's well thought of. This is why he's a big deal uh, on your staff. This is why you want him around. And then hopefully we can keep the ball rolling. But Mackenzie and Baco, we're all, all eyes focused on him here. I don't, I don't know what his timeline for a decision is. I don't know if he's planning on taking a visit. But the fact that we've got recruiting guys talking about us being the leader for him is certainly an exciting thing. Now, now we, we were to get him, that would pretty much, I would think you would tell the UNLV kid to go kind of suck an egg or something, maybe? I would think so. I mean, it, I mean they're the same position, really. I mean, well, you know, Keyshawn Hall is supposed to be a shooting guard. They're, he's 6'7". He is uh, Mackenzie Mbako. I'll, I'll say this: I have more faith in his ability to play shooting guard, even though he's a power forward. I mean, I'm looking at the I clips. Think I think he's more, but I mean, the Mbako kid looks more. Can be a three or four. Yeah, that's six eight two ten, and he's got what you. I, can, I guess what you hoped Withers would have become, maybe. I think that's a, 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 yeah. a solid assessment. He can. He's a three level scorer. I think he can handle it way better than Jalen can. Uh, he oh, plays within himself. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he should be able to be a capable defender. He's got all the the physical attributes to you know, to be a, a high level defender at the, in a conference like the ACC. Uh, Keyshawn Hall, you know, he's technically a shooting guard. He doesn't. He's not going to help you out when it comes to ball handling duties, uh, initiating the offense. He's a very good outside shooter. He's a little bit overweight. He doesn't move well laterally. He was not. A, he couldn't guard anybody at UNLV last season. Um, he handles it okay, but he's primarily like UNLV last season. He was primarily a spot up shooter, and that's not the best use of a guy who's a six seven guard. No. But we'll see. Like I, I'm, I'm not huge on Keyshawn Hall. I don't know if they would stop recruiting him if they got Mbako, even though they play technically different positions. But we'll see. I mean, getting McKenzie and Baco, I think, opens up a lot of, of different options for you. Uh, let's talk about you, you have the soundbite ready. Do we have the, the oh, just, it's, oh it's, it's no, time. I, oh, I'm not. I'm crap. Hold on. You don't have it here. No, because it's on the other email. It's OK. It's OK. We can just you can just Aww. you can just scream it. <laughs> just say it. It's the transfer portal. The transfer portal. All right, that was good. That was good. That's perfect for the studio. Works. And the way this day is gone. People are like, please just just turn it off now. Just go back. The silence, Bring back the white door. Yeah, the silence was so much better. What were we thinking? Ooh, my DoorDash is almost here. You, you were very excited about the DoorDash order. I, mean, I got hungry. I was getting bored here while we were waiting. While we, I mean, because I felt so like, you know, I couldn't do anything. I, I, I mean, I, I was a you know, God, thank God Glenn was, you know, knows what he's doing because, I mean, I'm, we're both, you don't know how to do anything. I, I, I exceeded all my options and I'm just sitting here feeling useless. You were just cracking jokes. Yeah. You so just I just ordered. Glenn entertained. <laughs> Trying to. <laughs> now, the transfer portal update today. Yes. Khalif Battle, he was the first big name in the portal that I fell in love with. He did. Because he was out there before Keon Menefield was. I was like, Khalif Battle, you get him, that's a huge deal. And we were one of the first schools to reach out to him. We were one of the first schools that got some some positive buzz as far as his recruitment was concerned. And in recent weeks, that we have not been listed as a primary contender for him, which sucks because I think he's a top 25 recruit in in the portal rankings virtually across the board. And today he did announce his commitment to... Arkansas, of course, which this could be a good thing because it's, it's time for you guys to stop now. You've, you've got enough. This is – congrats. You, you've got a good recruiting class coming in again. You've got two of the top 25 players in the transfer portal rankings again. They did lose Tariq Black today officially. They lost – but they knew that was coming. It was inevitable, he yeah. He was going to go pro. He's going to be a lottery pick probably. I'm assuming Smith will go announce eventually. Smith is, is not going to come back. Is he announced already or not? I – if he hasn't, he, he has, he will. Like yeah, he's yeah. He, he's gonna go pro now. Yeah, he's dropped right. in, the, in the rankings in, in the in mock drafts all across the board, but he's still gonna be an NBA guy. Yeah. They now have two guards, two high level guards. Menafield is a primary point guard. Battle will be an, an off the ball scoring guard. Surely to God, they'll back off some of these guards that we're going after right well, now. Unless they're gonna go after our forward now. Like this is <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say like. You've got what you've needed to get, Mus. Now let the rest of uh, of us play. Like this is—is is this because like we, we we interviewed him and didn't hire him or something? I mean, we didn't want to give them. I mean, well, we what? didn't interview him. I thought we, I thought we did at least reach out to him. No, we didn't actually officially interview. Okay, 
I thought we had, but if, I if there was, it was preliminary contract. Okay. Basically, uh, we knew we were going to have to pay him a insane amount of money. Yeah, and we ended up wasn't going to be able to happen. And so. we were worried about yeah. how he may react. <laughs> yeah, when well, he reacted by taking every recruit we want in the transfer portal. For a program that has had some off-the-court issues, there were concerns. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he would fit in perfectly in this neighborhood. Um, <laughs> but I just... I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Take maybe that however you will. <laughs> he, just, he just pissed at us. I don't know. I mean, he did. I mean, they 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 they, they did lose both their guards. We mentioned Black and Smith, though. So I mean, which isn't that a isn't that a cigar? Black and Black Smith. Black and Mild. Black and Mild. That's right. <laughs> uh, so maybe yeah. Hopefully they're done. Damn it, Arkansas. It's bad enough you got to shove Walmart down our throats. Yeah, I mean, they've got because. They're losing Davis as well. They're losing Nick Smith. Ricky Council also announced that he's going to go. I thought he was a senior anyway. He's going to go pro now. That they're they're both they're all those guys are going to the draft. Okay. Um, we assume I think they've got a couple guys that are still out there. The Brazil kid who was so good who who tore his ACL. He's coming back. Uh, Ford like they've got enough guys coming back. Makai Mitchell's already another transfer who's coming in. They've got their two guards though. If we're out there competing for, let's say, they Tyler, probably want more than two guards though. With the, they with do, the but style. like, but like, you're not going to get. They've got two top tier guards now. Okay. Like, like Keon Minifield is not going to Arkansas to come off the bench. No. Khalif no. Battle is not going to Arkansas to come off the bench. Unlikely. Those, I mean, yeah, Battles. I mean, he's a twenty point per game scorer at Temple. Like he's he's going somewhere. He's been highly courted. He's going somewhere where he's going to start. So if we're in, if we're competing for a guy like Tyler Perry, you'd assume that this gives us a little bit of a. a a heads up, at least on Arkansas now. Who, I mean, say what you will about Musselman, kills in the portal and has for years. Like he, he was doing transfer portal stuff before the transfer portal was a thing. It, in Nevada, they were reloading with transfers every single year. So to have him more or less out of the way at this point, at least for these top tier guys that we're going after, is a good thing. Now, here's the latest one I, I, I've heard on Tyler Perry. There was a 24-7 high school hoops said they, t- they reached out to him and they talk to the schools that are reaching out to Perry the most. He's been contacted by a lot of schools. He's number two in, in Bart Torvik's transfer portal rankings. He is a highly coveted guy. The schools that are on his list that have been in the most contact with him. Arkansas, again, feel good about that now. Ole Miss, Alabama, Florida, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Louisville, and Texas Tech. And there was also buzz out there last night that things between Perry and Tennessee have cooled off significantly. Okay. You had the news yesterday of you know, Florida getting the kid from Iona, Clayton, to commit, who plays kind of the same role that Perry wants to play. What I'm saying is like, we're getting to a position now where it's like we should have a very good shot for this kid because playing time is, is here. There's a lot of it in the backcourt. Shots, scoring, opportunities, offensive usage, it's here. He can – like like – Everything that you want, Louisville can offer you right now. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, but let's assume that we aren't able to land Perry. Okay. What would be, I want to say option B, but I think Perry is already option B or C anyway. So what would be option D, E, or F? Well, we're in on a lot of guys. Perry's probably like the third or fourth option anyway. I mean, at the beginning of the transfer portal, I would say. I I think Perry's... Perry, I mean, he's a top five transfer according yeah, to Yeah, but we, you, we had Battle and Minifield both kind of ranked ahead of him, did we not? I would not have had – I like Tyler Perry more than I like Battle. Okay, Battle. okay, okay. Minifield is a different type of player. I think that you can prioritize – I think Perry's probably a better overall player. Okay. I like Minifield because of what he brings to us that we don't have as far as being like a stable guy who can run an offense. Um, I think we hope that Sky Clark can be that, but he was definitely up and down last season, whereas – I think Perry helps you because he, he can play point a little bit. He can run the offense well enough, but he's not. That's not a, a natural thing for him. But he, he's a do-it-all combo guard. I, I love Tyler Perry's game. If he comes here, I will be ecstatic. If he doesn't come here, I, I know we're, you know, we're in on the, the, the kid from UMass that we talked about yesterday, Luis. We are in on Keyshawn Hall. We're still talking to the, the kid from USC, Dixon Waters. Like, there's still a lot of options out there. None of them, I think, are the type of player that Perry is, the type of guy who can come in and have a Damian Lee, Carlick Jones type impact. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as those guys, but he can make you better in the same way that Jones uh, and Lee made those two teams that they came in on. Like, like he is 
that type of talent. If we don't get him, I mean, there's still some some guys out there that are, are high-level players. We're still getting more players into the transfer portal now, but it would suck. And I, I think also, like, the, the hesitation that he's shown to just follow Grant McCaslin from North Texas to Texas Tech like shows that he's he's willing to be persuaded. It's not just a done deal. Like he's not just going to go where his coach is going to go, which I think is what we a lot of people just assumed. And if if it do, if it comes down to a competition between like you and Oklahoma or you and Oklahoma State, I'll say the same thing I said when it was presumed that the battle was between Louisville and Alabama for Menafield. You should win that battle. Like you should beat out. I don't care like, what Chris Bird is uh, Chris Beard is selling at Ole Miss. You should beat out Ole Miss for a player that you want just as bad, if not worse, than they do. You should beat out Oklahoma State for a player that you want just as bad or worse than you do. It's like This is a battle that Louisville should have a really good chance to win. And as much as I love Mackenzie Mbako, I think Mackenzie Mbako is clearly a higher-level basketball talent than a guy like Tyler Perry is. He clearly has a much brighter NBA future than a guy like Tyler Perry is. If we're just talking about impact on next season and our hope that we can win enough games to make the NCAA tournament, keep Kenny Payne's job and get a year three and give us all this solid indication that he's going to be able to get it done here. Perry changes next year's team to me more than Mbako does. I think he's that big of a deal. Experienced, efficient, successful college guards are what are driving the sport right now. He fits all those roles. Averaged 18 points per game last year, shot 41% from three, can hit the deep three now, averaged about two and a half assists per game, didn't turn it over at a ridiculously high rate, can create his own shot, can create shots for others. I know he took the visit to Florida. I know that Florida's doing well in the portal right now, but this is a guy, if we're going to be a team that goes from four wins to 22 wins, or even 20 wins. If we have one of these miraculous turnarounds that everybody talking about Kenny Payne being one of the feel-good stories in all of college basketball, you need a player like this. I think you need a couple of players probably like this, but this guy specifically would help you out significantly. I'm, I'm all in on Tyler Perry. I hope we can make it happen. Um, as far as the other... The, if we get Tyler Perry, will you watch a movie marathon of his? No. No. Too predictable? Yeah. No original script? Yeah, exactly. Um, the, I mean, God, we have like 15 minutes here. To, to, to I, just actually, I just ran out to the, 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 the little bond of I just ran out to go grab my food real quick. Yeah. And as I opened the door, I turned around when the cat's just ran in the building. <laughs> oh, God. So I was like, get out, get out. And the cat luckily just ran right out. Now, we did have, we should also mention this was how it's going to lead off the show if we'd started at 3 o'clock. But we had, <laughs> we had the official, we, we've known that these guys are coming, but we had the official signed letters of intent today from from at least two players. I don't know if we've had the third yet, but Sky Clark made it official today, went ahead and signed with Louisville. Uh, L was also able to officially announce the addition and the reclassification of Trenton Flowers. Uh, if I could get the internet to work here, I could read you the statements that Kenny Payne made about both players. I mean, oh. did, did, with with the way the trans with with as loose as transfer is it transferring now is, I mean, is letter intent really ma- is that really uh, is that as significant as it once was? It's not as significant as it once was. It used to be like the once you got that signature, it was like we're locked in, we're good, we got you for a year. You know, it usually is. I mean, you can add, like for instance the Mackenzie Ibako asked out of his national letter of intent yesterday from Duke because things changed. That's but true. Yeah. For the most part, it's it, it's still an indication that like I'm here, I'm gonna be there. Let's go. Uh, here's the the Kenny Payne quote in the press release about Sky Clark signing. He said, "We're fortunate to have an elite point guard in Sky who's very talented and gifted, but more importantly." has the character needed to be a Louisville Cardinal. His ability to score, distribute, and run a basketball team as a leader is what we need. In order to truly change a culture, you need guys that have the mental makeup on and off the court to do the right things, and he's an example of one of the players that this community will love watching grow. Two things here. One, in the very first line, he makes it a point to say, this guy's our point guard, which is, is that's what the word has been for a long time, that their pitch to Sky Clark was, you're, you're not coming here to be a combo guard. You're coming in here to run the show. Like, you're taking L. Ellis' spot. Like, you are the guy who's going to be our highest usage offensive player. So for him to use that kind of backs that up. Two, a lot of talk there about culture and him doing the right things off the court uh, and all this stuff. And it is – he is – he did it during the season. He's going to keep doing it off the He is hammering home the idea that, like, look, 
we had some a-hole players last year. We, we, we had some bad eggs. There was nothing we could do. We had some bad kids. Like, we're going to I – mean, he said last year, basically, like, we're going to get the right people in here to build this program. And now he is hammering home the idea that we've gotten rid of the bad. We're bringing in the good. You're going to see this culture that you never really got a chance to see evolve last year start to evolve now. He's got the, the mental makeup on and off the court to do the right things. No more doing the wrong things. We're good to go. Like, the, he is – we're driving home that point, and I don't think that that's going to be a, a theme that dies out anytime soon. The problem with doing that, though, is now you, you've lost that excuse, though, after one year. Oh yeah, I mean he knows. Like you can't, He's you got to know. You, you can't come, you can't come to me after a one and three start this year, or zero and two start, or zero and one start for that, and be like, we need, to, we're still changing the culture. Yeah, it's not no, going to work. That's not you've had. You've got like three kids from last year's team only on the team this year's team, maybe, maybe. Uh, you've had over a year with them. Clearly, you brought them back thinking, so we can assume that you felt they embraced your quote-unquote culture. And you, these are all your guys that you bring. I mean, I mean, we went after Sky. I mean, I mean, the the problem I have with not with as much Sky Clark as the player, but I mean, we didn't even wait to see who was going to be in the transport. We just snagged him right away. And it's not like he's like a top five. In the transfer portal, at any point, I mean, he's in like the sixties and seventies, correct? He, it depends on the CBS has him at fifteen. Okay, the Athletic has him at twenty-five. As far as guys who have, have but, picked a new school, but he's, is he, he's not a guy. I think you just snag right away and say, "Okay, we're not even going to worry about what else comes into the portal." Like, no, I, I mean, I, I think it was it was obvious. He was. I mean, I he, he was a guy here. that Kenny Payne had a very close relationship with. He was, you know, the primary reason he was committed to Kentucky at one point. So I think that you, you, you kind of knew that he wanted to play for Payne. And you kind of knew, I think, that Payne wanted him. And so because of that, it wound up being a, a deal where everybody knew in, like, last January. Yeah, he was I probably going to come here. Um, the quote from, from Payne, but I, I, with your primary point, I think it's spot on. You, got to use, you get to use that excuse once. You don't, just because we were so bad last year that we had to rebuild from scratch, it was a wasted season, if we win 10 or 11 games this year, you can't play the we're still we're still figuring this out card like like you got to you, you don't have to win a national title in year two you don't have to go to a final four in year two you don't have to win the ACC in year two but you've got to show significant signs of progress in terms of wins and losses yeah like I expect the team to play harder this season but that's that is a, a low bar to clear we expected to see at least that last year and we never did a bar set at four wins right now it's I, I mean you you can't put that bar any lower. I mean, it'd be on the ground if you did. You can't do like, well, we're playing harder than we were last year, but we're still figuring. Like, that's not. It just. It's not going to fly in year two. And I don't. That's not a Louisville thing. It's not a Kenny Payne thing. That's a any program that respects itself, even the, the smallest amount, would say that about a head coach in year two. Now about Trenton Flowers, Payne said this. Trenton is one of the most talented young players, regardless of class, in the country. He's a six-eight guard who can score, rebound, pass, and defend. And he's an, elite, he's an elite athlete with a very good basketball IQ. He has a bright future in the game and has the discipline and work ethic to be a great basketball player. He's as excited as we are for him to be a part of this basketball program. Again, high basketball IQ, making it a point to say this man's a guard. Don't try to label him as a wing. Don't try to say he's a small forward. He's a guard. Discipline, work ethic, all the intangible, like all the off-the-court stuff too. Like We are getting into a theme here. And I'm assuming it's a theme that we're going to continue to see for the next four or five months, probably. Um, as far as now, th- there was a report earlier today too that somebody, I think Brooks Holton from the Courier Journal, reached out to Karan Davis, who said his plan is to sign with Louisville today. Like, like he's hasn't signed the, the national. This was about an hour and a half ago. I'm not sure if he has actually signed to become official, but Karan Davis was planning on signing with Louisville today, which would put an end to all the scuttle about he's going to get forced out, he's the odd man out, all that stuff. I haven't heard anything about Dennis Evans. There's not been any sort of word about when he's going to sign or if he's going to sign. I don't think that there's any cause for concern there. But we are supposed to have, by the end of today, the the signed national letters of intent from Sky Clark, Trenton Flowers, and Karan Davis. So there you go. We've already got Curtis Williams signed. We've already got Caleb Glenn signed. This class is coming together. By the way, I should add, like, last note on the McKenzie and Baco front. If you are able to get him to sign, this class, according to the way that they they do the formula, will jump from number five on 24-7 sports to number two. We'll have the number two ranked class in America. Maybe behind Kentucky, right? Behind Kentucky, which would be – I mean, say what How you would like. How is that Kentucky. possible? 
I mean, because you have the number seven kid in the class. You've got the number, like, what, 15 kid in the class? Seven is, is seven Evans? Seven would be McKenzie and Baca. McKenzie, oh, okay, okay, okay. You'd have, you, you basically would have two five stars, fringe four stars. You'd have Flowers, who was a five star at one point in the, before he reclassified, who's like number 33 in the reclassification. And then you have two more guys that are in the, that 50 to 60 range in Glenn, in Glenn and Williams. Like, that's a pretty loaded class. Like, but how much of the recruiting class. Uh, the recruiting rankings now are kind of with a take it with a grain of salt because it doesn't include transfers. A lot. I, I mean, mean, like if you it's can, different now. Yeah, for sure. Like, like you, like you'd say, I mean, like in Arkansas, we mentioned it taking our two guards out of transport. If you were like to combine the two, I wonder where Louisville would actually rank. I mean, we we'll only have one transfer now. Besides, I mean, Davis. If you, if you yeah, count him, but like, I mean, the other teams who brought in recruit transfers, where would they? If you combine the recruiting rankings. With, like, the transfer rankings. I don't know. I mean, I mean it, it doesn't matter. Like, at this point, I'm not going to poo-poo on the fact that he's got the number two class <laughs> in America, potentially. Like, we, we don't need to just gloss over that. I'm just, it's I, a good thing. I'm trying to keep expectations I, at a little bit of a, 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 a arm's length here, okay? I'm trying to keep, keep... Well, I mean, I do that on a daily basis. That's so, true. Like, I mean. You know how... I think everybody knows how I feel about this, but I'm not going to not get excited about having what would statistically be the best recruiting class in the history of Louisville basketball, at least in the recruiting rankings era. Do I think that you need more than that to win? Of course. I mean, again, like the last three years of Final Four teams have had a grand total of zero true freshman starters. Zero. Has not happened. Like like, like I just said when you were getting your food, if you want to win, the formula is pretty clear in this day and age. You can have young guys that are big-time impact guys. Like, like just because Alabama didn't make a Final Four last year doesn't mean that they weren't a Final Four caliber team. Yeah. They just got – you know they they played a bad game and they got beat by San Diego State, um, and they were heavily reliant on on freshmen. So it it can definitely happen, but we're seeing time and time again the data plays out that it's more important to have really capable, experienced guys in their junior and senior class that have, have competed at a high level at the co- in the college game for two or three four seasons, and that's one thing that we don't have right now. We we just don't. We've got young talent. We've got a couple of of veteran players who have played supporting roles for a couple of years. We don't have a Tyler Perry-type player. We don't have a, a you know, Keon Menefield. Well, Keon Menefield's only a sophomore, so that's a bad example. But I mean, look at, battle. I mean look at the Final Four, though. The, the Final Four just speaks for, to back up what you just said. I mean, you had, you had San Diego State, which was, was, which was more sophomore, juniors, and upperclassmen. Yes. UConn, I know, I think was sophomores and juniors, and I don't think they had any seniors, but it was mostly sophomores and juniors. They had their their, their top three scorers were a senior, a sophomore, and a junior. Yeah, I mean, in Miami, I mean, all upperclassmen. So yeah. I mean, and, and even Fort Atlantic, I mean, I know they had they were old, they were sophomore and juniors. It was like two and classes, seniors, yeah. yeah, and they had the one senior. So I mean, yeah, it was all yeah, exactly. That's the point. I mean, I'm not trying to you know, poo-poo on the one and done anymore like it hadn't been done for the last decade, but still, I mean. It's why, and I said it on yesterday's show, it's why I'm, as a, obviously as a Louisville fan, I'm rooting for Kentucky to lose every game, but as a general college basketball fan, I'm fascinated to see what Kentucky does next season. Now, if they get Sheboy back, if they get some other guys back, then it's, it's less interesting. But if they are, if they're as reliant on true freshmen as they were back in like, you know, 2010, 2015, like like those teams from that 2010 to 2015 era, like we haven't seen a a freshman dominated team really be at the top of the sport in the last four years. Like even even the COVID season 2020, it wasn't the case. The last freshman dominated team that made a huge impact in college basketball was the, the Zion team in 2019, and they end up getting bounced in the Elite Eight. What but, about what about the Duke team that beat that beat Wisconsin? That was Okafor was a freshman. Well, yeah, that, that was. But that Tyus was, Jones was a sophomore. That's before 2019. Oh, okay, that's okay, a, okay yeah. Um, it, that team in the 2012 Kentucky team are really the only teams in the one and done era that have been heavily relying on true freshmen that have won national titles. But we've it, it's been even less of, of a successful recipe in the last four years. Yeah, and I think that's where you, I think the transfer portal has changed the game a lot, and I think that it's it's where you're seeing. But I mean, if Kentucky comes out and just dominates the sport next year, if they're a one seed that goes to a Final Four, maybe wins a national title. Like maybe it's just like getting the right mix of freshmen again. I I'm curious to see if Calipari can go back to his roots and have the same type of success that he was having almost a decade ago. Because I've got I've got doubts. Now if they get Shibway back and they get some other guys back, then it's it's less impressive because he's he's like a 24 year old who's dominated uh, the <laughs> SEC for the last couple of years. But 
you, you see my point. I, I think that you can win that way, but I don't think you can be the elite of the elite that way anymore. Uh, and Louisville, it, it just all goes to the same point, which is we got to get some players in the transfer portal. Um, a couple other things that I want to get to. We've got um, the Carter Knox recruitment from 2024. I think I this was interesting. I'm... I refuse to you talk about not wanting to get your hopes up for guys. I refuse <laughs> to get my hopes up for a guy who is a top tier target for Kentucky and whose brother played at Kentucky. I know that he has a relationship with Kenny Payne, but look, we we had a top tier Kentucky target whose dad who's played for John Calipari, and we put his grandpa on staff, and we still didn't really have a chance to get him. So like I, I I'm not getting my hopes up here. But Carter Knox, it does sound like this is another Kentucky versus Louisville battle. And he talked today about both schools. Here's what he said about Louisville. Coach Payne, I've known him a long time. Ever since Kevin was being recruited, I've been around him. So since I was like 12 years old, he really helped my big brother get to the NBA. You know, he snapped on him when he needed to, got him out of his comfort zone, and he's like another uncle to me. What stood out on the visit was the coaching. They are a really great coaching staff. They weren't as good of a team in the first year, but I'm worried about... Well, I think I hope this means, but I'm not worried about the future. I hope there's a missing word here because <laughs> it says they weren't as good a team in the first year, but I'm worried about the future. Uh, that first season is in the past. I'm not worried about that. Okay, I think that they just they forgot a knot in that last sentence. But uh, he also in his he refers to John Calipari as an uncle. He calls him family. So it's just going to be it, it's another. It feels like another DJ Wagner recruitment. But I'm I'm refusing hey, to get my uh, hopes up for this. DJ Wagner was our family, and they took him. So maybe this is our turn to take their family from them. I hope you're right. That Speaking of UK, I don't know if you saw this, but apparently Chris Livingston has officially declared for the draft. Not shocking. He gone. Let me come pick you up off the floor after that. Name. He he gone. He fell. Oh, are you okay, Mike? <laughs> you fell to the ground when I told you that. I'm okay. I'll be okay. I know that was shocking. I just thought I'd throw it out there, though. Did you watch real quickly? Uh, we've only got like five minutes here. Did you watch any of the NBA last night? No, not a clue. I watched. I was right about the Hawks upset. I watched yesterday again, and I watched Sandlot. I good choices. I'm <laughs> good with you. that. I, I I didn't see any of the Hawks game, but I was right about picking them to pull the upset. You and were. I, I think I got both my games wrong. I flipped on the Lakers game in the like the start of the fourth quarter because I saw they were down big and people were going nuts about it. And it was the worst NBA postseason basketball I've ever seen. <laughs> it felt like, you know, it's, it's the playing round. It felt like a MIAC versus SWAC first four game in Dayton. What do you expect in a play? This is why you don't need to be adding teams to the playoffs in the NBA. But, like, the fourth quarter, like I turned it on. It was, like, 96 to 89. So, clearly, they've been scoring a lot. The fourth quarter, they, like, like the Lakers were 4 of 17, and the T-Wolves were, like, 2 of 19 or something. And it ends with, like, you know, a, a terrible backcourt violation. Anthony Davis fouls on it. But the reason why it was notable is Dennis Schroeder hits the, the big corner three to put the Lakers up up three. It looks like it's over in regulation. Anthony Davis then commits a heinous foul on Mike Conley with .1 seconds to go. So Conley steps to the line in a Darius Washington fashion. His team down three, .1 seconds to go, three free throws, Strokes them all. Does the reverse Darius Washington? Is that why you had a picture of Darius? That's Washington? why I put it up there. I saw that. Yeah. I was wondering what that was about. I was like, did did, did he do something? To I'm like googling Darius Washington Jr. And I had two people message me last night who were like, I'm too young to know what this is in reference to. Can you explain it to me? <laughs> That's not good. And I was like, no. <laughs> One, you can look it up yourself. Two, I'm not going to do that to myself. Uh, that would just ruin my night a little bit. So I felt awful yeah, about I it. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of when I get the emails that are like, hey, like big fan for a long time. Like I grew up reading your website. I'm like, <sighs> it's so nice. But also, like you grew up reading the website? <laughs> my God, how old am I? But that that happened last night. I mean, all I could think about was the reverse Darius Washington. The Lakers end up winning uh, in, in overtime. It was not a. It felt like a, a first four game in Dayton. So you're saying that Conley Jr. is greater than Washington Jr. That's exactly what I'm saying. Mike Conley, a better basketball player than Darius Washington. There's no question <laughs> about it. Well, his his dad did win the Foot Locker Slam Dunk Contest. It was it was crazy last night seeing like you know they're supposed to have. Anthony Edwards is the next big thing. He can't get anything done. Their bigs can't get anything done. And so they're just they're relying on like 85-year-old Mike Conley to do everything for them on offense. I'm like, the more things change. I would say they get the ball to get the ball to Towns, but I think we've noticed over history Towns just does, does kind of shines away when the when the spotlight is needed on him in, in the clutch moments. Yeah, he was He's not one to really want the ball. Also, Darvin Ham, I don't think understands how NBA playoff basketball works. No, I really feel old when you tell me Darvin Ham is their coach. He's the Lakers coach. I <laughs> 
he was he was the doing guy like, we were talking about breaking a backboard a couple of weeks ago. He was doing ten man player rotations and he was sitting Anthony Davis for seven consecutive minutes. I was like, does he know that they have to win this game? Like, <laughs> this isn't December third. What are you doing? Uh, it felt it was very very interesting to watch that. But uh, those two teams march on real quickly. Uh, also, it's David Letterman's birthday. Oh, well, I'll, I'll give a shout birthday to our, our man, our, our coworker Josh Hawkins, who is off tonight. That's why I'm doing the bats. It's his, Look at all these birthdays. He turned 43 today. I turned 43 later this month, so he's a little older than me, which I can make fun of him for. Hawkins, Letterman, Jenna, like everybody. It's celebrity's birthday. It's a loaded birthday. April 12th was one hell of a day at the hospital. The last thing that I wanted to talk about today that I had on the list, and we're doing all this very quickly and abbreviated, clearly, but uh, Rick Pitino photographed today at St. John's, wearing his St. John's stuff. He's got the St. John's basketball. Nike, Nike, Nike. On the shoes, Adidas. And I loved everybody who was like, hmm. Was that, that, did, 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 Phil, did, it, did it make you sad to probably see him in red again? A little bit. Because I don't know the picture you're talking about. For some reason, I'm going on my timeline, and I get a picture of Pete Rose and Speedos, but... Sounds uh, good. <laughs> I'll send it to you. I know you'll like that. It's okay. Uh, but good. yeah, it would make me to see him in red again would kind of make me a little. Well, it, I, I, it would hurt a little bit. It's. I mean, well, you're, you're going to be seeing it. It's a different shade of red. Though. That's true. I know you still. don't believe in different shades of colors, but uh, <laughs> it's not true. I just say that just because one school makes up a color doesn't mean I don't believe in them all. We'll see. But like Louisville fans were going nuts. Like you guys got on. No, I'm, I was like, you know. When our staff wins a couple of, of national titles, I think that'll stop being as big of a deal. It's, it's what I said at the time. Like, we've got the contract. Technically, it's a it's a breach or whatever. I know Rick Pitino has his own personal Adidas contract, or at least he used to. I don't know if, if Nolan and, and Kenny Payne have their own personal Nike contracts. But, like, it all comes down to winning. Like, nobody cares about this stuff if we're winning. Yeah. Like that's And that's – the staff knows that. I think most fans know that, regardless of what side you stand on. Every show should end this way until we start playing again in November – we just need to win some more bleeping games. Like that that's all the stuff that we talk about. It always comes down to that point. We've just got to start winning some more bleeping Pretty games. Pretty simple, right? It's it's very simple. Uh real quickly, tonight we gotta get out of here. Tonight, uh two more NBA play in games. First four, whatever it's you want to call it. More? How many teams are gonna make these damn playoffs? It's just these these are the last two. It's just like the it's like the NCAA tournament. Uh we got Bulls, Raptors, the ninth place versus tenth place, uh, East games. The Raptors are a six-point favorite. TK, who you got? Uh, I'm going to take Raptors to win but not cover. I'm going Bulls straight up. I'm going with another Eastern They've been struggling. That's, that's our boy uh, Donovan, yeah. I know. They, they, they are struggling. Uh, we've got uh, then Thunder at Pelicans. Pelicans are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. TK, who you going with? Thunder and Pelicans. Um, I, you know what? I've always been a fan of his, even from his Portland days to his Lehigh days, CJ McCollum. So I'm going to go Pelicans. I'm going Thunder again. I'm going another upset. I don't know why I've always Shea been a Alexander goes nuts. That's, that's my prediction there. He averaged like 30 points a game this year. He's he's fantastic. He's incredible. Um, there you go. All right. Sorry for the Could that incredible. Show. They're in a play-in game. I mean, well, he, no, he's incredible. The team's <laughs> okay, not that Okay, yeah, I was going to say. Uh, we've, short show. We're so sorry. Uh, we apologize. We'll try to do better tomorrow. Again, Louisville baseball tonight, 7 o'clock, playing that special game against Bellarmine at Jim Patterson Stadium. Admission is free if you want to make it over there. You can hear all the action on our sister station, 970 WGTK. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you spend some time with us, we love you. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 3 o'clock, hopefully. Oh, yeah. It's an outro, right? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a weird day. The show's yeah. over. We're done. <laughs> We're done. We're going. I remember, I